soon as I'm able, just as soon as I am well, gonna pack up the truck and drive. Cause love is a road, there is beauty, there is danger every time. You can code it with words like stability, fragility, and time. Cause just as soon as I'm sober, just as soon as I am well, gonna pack up the truck and Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex. We're coming to you on 88.3 WPPP-FM. You can also listen online at 883WPPB.org. And we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, which serves dinner many nights a week. I'm not sure. It's that it's, We're in that kind of shoulder season. And, and breakfast to the proletariat. Yes, breakfast to the public. Well, we're, we've been on a discussion. Okay, proletariat. <laughs> if you want to say proletariat, how about the bourgeoisie? You can come in off the street <laughs> and exchange some legal tender for some delicious eats. Yes, so. that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's open to the public, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and we have with us today singer, songwriter, storyteller, Inda Eaton. You know, let's talk a little bit about storytelling. Absolutely. Or what did I just throw a curveball yeah, at you? Yeah, you did. No, I've storytelling is my entire life. I think actually the human species uh, fools itself into thinking that reality is worth more than the stories that we all tell and share and the myths we create, which we live and sometimes die for. So, Well, that you're talking about illusion. That no, people, I'm talking about a collective myth. I'm right. talking about... That's what I mean, like a, a, a collective myth that people box themselves into their own story in a way. Yeah, it's funny because I see it. it. I see it a little bit different. That it's not. It's not a separation. It's actually what. It's a connection. It's. It's. We by having common myths that get reaffirmed in stories. Whether now with all of the screens in the world, but you know, back in the day, uh, sitting around the fires in the caves, um, it it allows. Uh, it's part of our makeup as as creatures. It allows us to go forth with a sense of purpose that somehow keeps. This, this. Well, give me an example of a, of a common myth that that you know that people like that. There's an invisible man in the sky telling you. Whether, I don't think everybody believes that though. But but it drives so much of of uh, humanity is this idea that there's a that there's a there's something after death. There's some there's something that we. Well, have, I believe that, but I don't believe that it's a man in the sky, and I don't believe that it's built on. I think if the, if you create a man in the sky, I'm gonna probably piss off some people here then you also create a sense of guilt and shame and I feel I don't feel any shame for who I am but I think that that was created and you and I've had this talk before that was created in order to control people 
Um, so right. it's not necessarily a common we're myth. We're kind of going down an amorphous front. I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. I'm right. just saying that, like, you talk about storytelling. The one thing I will say, and yeah. then this will now maybe bring it back to the planet Earth, um, <laughs> is is if you're not telling your own story, then somebody else is telling it for you, and they're probably telling it wrong. Right. So That's true. That The whole key for me, and it's a thing that I've tried to do in my own life in one way or another, is be authentic and tell your own story. And if you... And don't tell other people's stories. You know, find find some right. connection that makes it personal. It's funny because, of course, uh, you're you're telling Ben Franklin's story right now. You're working on that, and and as a journalist and, and someone who interviews people, they put their story in my hands uh, in a very short amount of time to like you know turn it around. Like I wrote a story this morning about Morgan Vaughn, 450 words. It took me 20 minutes to write after I had interviewed her. So you know, both of us I love do. Morgan. I love Morgan, Morgan too. She was in your Monkey play. She was, she was in a. She. She's. I've worked with Morgan a couple times with on different Bruce. projects. Yeah. Um, but I. She's just got a great vibration. Oh, she's awesome. I just love her so much. And we, we walked on the beach when I was out here last year. But anyway, we are going to bring Inda Eaton on because we're talking about storytelling. Yeah, and, and, and Inda has such a great story. Well, to I can't tell. believe I couldn't be part of the existential discussion. But I'm going <laughs> to. No. I'm supposed to talk about the tap dancing show that we're putting exactly. on, and I don't even so, get to talk about existential. Ex- but well, that's okay. You, you, you will. Gonna, yeah, okay. You will. No, okay. no, we, we will. This we is were this is our on this on this Sunday on this very warm. Last Sunday in February. It is. It's March 1st. Next. Um, no, this Sunday. Today is March this, 1st. Saturday is March 1st. Sunday is March 1st. Oh, all right. See, um, dates are a human construct. I, it's, it's on this very <laughs> last, on like this, this very last or very first, still in the season that would be called winter that that you know we used to call winter where it's really warm and not what we're used to that's correct the world is forever changing <laughs> uh, i love how you get behind like your excuses like well i have a different reality i'm not I talking have a about reality. reality i know I, you do i have a nice rosy reality that just uh, uh, i play with i know and me too that's what the, you know and that, and that is about creating your own reality and telling your own story. Yeah, and she said, bringing it back right. to, what we're, to, the, to the segue. Doing that, and and we we are blessed uh, this show to have a storyteller on who tells a story in both her personal life and her vocation. Um, Should we so take a little break and then uh, bring bring Enda on, who's already been on? So yeah, and, <laughs> you can't and, keep a good woman down. No. Should I make horse of sounds? Yeah. yeah, so it's like old radio. Get me a coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Ockham. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn, and we'll be right back. California, it doesn't make it easy. 
we're back. Sunday's on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And uh, how, how long have you been on the East End now? Oh, okay, so so uh, hello, I'm Inda, and I'm loving this conversation. We're, we're bouncing around, and um, I can see how these, these minds work, and these are some crazy, brilliant, insane minds. I, I love this show <laughs> even more than I used to love the show. Thank you. Now that I've heard the pre-talk. Um, I have been out here as a resident, let's say since 2003. Okay. Which I think in East Coast years is like yesterday. I think in the West, it doesn't take long to be where you are. Out here, you have, you know, you have to do like generations, like Daughters of the American Revolution. So oh, yeah. 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I came out, actually, I was out here before, the first time I came out here, was to actually play at the Stephen Talk House. I knew of it. Uh, it was one of my career arcs where I was. It was just big time. It was just around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. the concentric how long? circles. <laughs> you know how we have these many right. concentric circles of our career. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was known to me that if you play in New York, you should come out in the city. You should come out to the Stephen Talk House. So right. Peter brought me out. I played at the Stephen Talk House. Did you open for someone or did you? No, it was an you, early set. It was it was the eight o'clock listening set. Right. And I've never gone past that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a ten o'clock set. I'm. Pr- I'm I was probably there and very drunk. Well, and and so. it was, it's good to see you. <laughs> you must remember me. You, you know, know I would have, but there was only right, like so, seven right, people right, there, right, so right, I know right, I didn't right, see so you. I'm, I'm going okay. to peel this back for yeah, a second. Yeah, let's go. So um, where did you join the earthly endeavor called humanity? Where, like, where, where are you from? I'm from the West, and so... Like, uh, Arizona. Where in the West? I, I grew up, up I, I triangulated between... I was born in Chula Vista, California, right out there in San Diego. Yeah, the border. I, pretty much. It's yeah, the last that, town before... Well, yeah. actually, it's not. There's Chula Vista, Imperial Beach, and that's the last was town. Was the drug tunnel near you, or was No, it? they didn't have one then, because they didn't have to have one. Oh, I did, mean, it was... Did you, did you build one? No, no, but I'm telling you, in the, in the kinder, gentler times, I don't think they had to have a tunnel. I think yeah. it was just... I you know, just they drove just had right the animal over. parks. Well, in, anyway, in my earlier times, I think they just drove right across. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they had to have tunnels. But so I triangulated between um, San Diego, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and then Phoenix. And then the next question always is, were your parents, you know, military? No, we were all divorced. And so it was one of those triangulations. Right, right. So I'm very Western. Um, yeah. I will never yeah. not be Western. And, and I have been telling it to people like this. I'm on loan. I'm a Western expat. I live abroad in the East End. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, I just, I'm not really from here. Yeah, no, yeah. I, know, I know the feeling. I, I had a kind of a reverse thing. I spent 27 years out in Southern California. And I always felt like I was an interloper on some level. And really? Because I think California's... I mean, I think it doesn't take long to become local there. I'm, I mean, well, what was well, LA area? Yeah, Hollywood. Talk just like an internal feeling right, right. of, you know, is this where I ultimately need to make And my did you stand. ever feel that? Like when you, for, see for when I land in Southern California and people have tremendous, there's no middle ground about Southern California. You either feel that or you're like, no, it's kryptonite. I land in California and I can breathe and go, oh my God, I just, I love See, it. See, I feel like that too. Yeah. And, and But my, my family was in California when the first census was taken so in there, 1850. So you feel that it, in your heart. My family was in San Francisco when it was still right. here. There you go. There, there so, was an yeah. essay, there was an essay written uh, about six or seven years ago that I read that actually, for me, was probably the closest I came to understanding my feelings on this. And that it was somebody saying, California is state of mind for so many people and it's a wave you catch. And if you catch the wave in your early or mid-20s, you could ride that wave for a long time, but by the time you're in your mid to late 40s, there's a new wave, and that's not really your wave, and that's the beauty of California. That's kind of the true everywhere, though. 
I mean, it, it is, but I think Cal. First of all, let's be honest. California, like the state of New York, is a solid. Like this, you know, it, like the state of Texas, the state of California, right. the state of New York. They could be their own countries very easily. When we go into that. Um, our people came out to California right before the war. There's a lot of industry, not and not even I'm not even talking entertainment, but just right. the the war industry in, in San Diego. That was like the new land. It's so who's your people? By well, the just way? A, a, on my paternal I'm, side, and yeah. it's they're not quite grapes of wrath people. They're after that, but I think they were thrilled to go get warm. They were from yeah. the Midwest. Well, I yeah. think also one of the misnomers. <laughs> they just no, want no, to be warm. No, absolutely, and but you one know? of the misnomers of California for me is that it was somehow or is somehow driven by the entertainment industry where the actual growth of the state had as much to do with oil, with automobiles, and with agriculture, um, and that the entertainment industry truly kind of hovered as a really pretty absolutely. thing above, you know. You land in LAX and you're in Culver City, you're in an oil field. Yeah. You see the pump jacks. Oh, right? Beverly I mean, Hills High School has yeah. a Derrick in its backyard. It does? Yeah. That's, That's one. And I think like second to like Oklahoma or something, it's like the second like largest petrochemical yeah. uh, hubs and, and, in and the And you in, also have this America. thing where, where in, in Los Angeles County in uh, 1900, uh, there were about 60,000 people in 1920. There were about a million people, and there were 20,000 registered real estate agents. So, uh, real estate wow. speculation was also. We just don't even have enough time. We, we could be here till six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. we I know. really. I, this but is. But I agree with you. The warmth. Kyle when just I went first got, when I first got white, out there, when the I was a kid growing up in Manhattan, I felt like I had to get to California. I had to make my stand there. I I'm just saying that like I you I'm just vibing on what you were saying. There was there was a moment somewhere along the way where I was just like, you know what, this isn't really home. And the East End, for me, was really home. And this is my sense of place. So Well, that's, well, that's a fascinating, you know, and I think I, I deal with that a lot in my work, which is a sense of place. There's a lot of geography involved. I, that's what I was going to ask you, because a, a lot of your songs has to do, have to do with Texas as well. or like. Well, the, there's one well, word. Well, Ridge, you got to do your homework. There's only uh, one uh, word. Tex and, and it was a riff off the, de the Yellow Roses, <laughs> roses of, Texas. of Texas. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, but, it's but, all I mean, good. But, it's lot, but your, songs, your songs, let's talk about this, because your, your album is Shelter in Place. We're talking about place. But uh, a lot of your songs are about the road, obviously. And and travel and um, well they 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 are a very geographical concept and it's funny you bring up shelter in place because that is antithetical to the road trip so so right. much of my existence is being anywhere but where you are right um, which which I mean you know raise your hand if that rings a bell rings right. a bell to I all grok. of us yeah yeah, yeah. we're not we don't want to mate in captivity we're going to be somewhere else and so there's a lot of geography in these songs um, and yet here we have this record called shelter in place. And I, I'm going to be honest, as we sat here trying to roll this out, and that's its whole story in itself, it, it's, it's contradictory. Because here we have so much story about adventure and manifest destiny, and yet the, the title's called Shelter in Place. Yeah, and, but the journey inward is the greatest adventure. So. Well, I, I, in, look, that's why we're going to be here till 6 p.m., but as you're trying to market something like that, the imagery from that, it's like, it, it, it is contradictory. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the, but really, when you get down to it, no matter where you are on your great road trips, there is that right. moment, whether you're in the RV or the tent, you are sheltering in place. When we give and, shows, we're sheltering in place. Right now, we're sheltering and, in place. And when, when did, were you introduced to music, and when did you, when did that passion get lit, that that, that was gonna be your, your platform of expression? Do you know I had the connection to music as early as I have a conscious, uh, 
memory or even pre-conscious memory. I just, I was always connected to music. And I was that kid who would listen to the soundtracks. You know, my grandmother would send those soundtracks from the movies that yeah. have no words, movies I had not even seen. And I was that kid that sat there with the headphones on, almost on the spectrum, yeah, yeah. listening to these soundtracks of movies I had not seen yet, crying. Now, how can some kid at three, four years old cry Okay, listening to a soundtrack of emotion where, with with emotions and things you haven't even experienced right, you might yet. You don't even have the words. You don't. Yeah. yeah, you don't. I was that kid who sat in the corner with the headphones on, just going back and forth, either giddy laughter or crying for for emotions that I couldn't even possibly understand at that point. And I've talked about that, yeah, you, which is you. which is I used to do that with with um, shows that I hadn't seen Broadway Broadway soundtracks. Right, and you'd and imagine what it was. And no, I, and I'd listen to the songs, and I kind of would read the liner notes. And oh, I would too. To I knew all about long. Marv Hamlish because yeah. right, he conducted the music and, and arranged me for the Sting. For the Sting, I had which no so even. Great. Which later I saw, of course, I saw the movie. One of, that's a Desert Island movie. I remember seeing <sighs> the movie finally. But as a kid, I'm reading about Marv Hamlish, right? And I'm looking at his picture, and I'm reading all this <laughs> Those text. Those aviator that's glasses all I had. Yeah. But and I look back now, it's like how could a little four or five year old uh, just be sitting there? And it, it's got to be some spectral thing. I'm sure I am on the spectrum, right. and I was, and I just sitting there but crying so, and so laughing. When I don't did know. you get your first guitar? Oh, the dad had my dad had one, and I just started playing it um, probably at age four. And yeah. then my mother was one of those okay and uh, you, you you love the music but she had it in her head that we needed a piano because she felt and she's she was right which is the piano unlike the harp is the only instrument where you can see the entire music spectrum in front of you my son's a musician okay. and, and also picked up a guitar when he was four and we've had a lot of philosophical conversations uh where he talks about one of the things about the piano that is just fundamentally different if you first learn on a guitar is that you actually are, are using both hands to do different things so your brain has to kind of process a little bit differently uh, than as in, in his case. Well, it doesn't, and just visually, everything about the piano, it's all laid out for you. All the I, octaves are laid out yeah. for you, and when you read music, when you learn to read music, which I'm a really lousy music reader, I, I go very slow, but when you learn to read music, the piano is the one instrument where you can see it all out in front of you, and um, the score is the score, that is the instrument. It's percussive, it's melodic, it's the bass, it's the entire orchestra. So my mother was one of those, and I kid you not, they had just, she and my dad, young couple, they had enough money for two cars. And my mother, wow. kid you not, said, well, okay, we'll get one car, we'll get a Volkswagen, and the second money for the car, we're going to buy a Steinway. I love mom. And, wow. uh, I love and she moms. said, with the extra money, I'll get a bicycle. And um, so we got one car, a Steinway, oh, and a bicycle. <laughs> And that and so cool. that was her story because she that's just also felt your story. Can, well, that's, it became my story. Yeah. Can I ask you, t speaking about your mom, because I know that um, she she died fairly recently. She did. She passed away in October 2018, uh, right in the middle. Uh, as we're working on this record that we have now, Shelter in Place, we're all excited. We want to have baby showers and put the flags mm, up and right. just really embrace the best work we've ever done. And then it uh, turns out that she she fell ill, and then she died. She died in October. So it just happened right in the middle of all this, right. as and all good projects think, you know, do. I, I, but, but can I, I um, yeah, go ahead. there there, I remember on Facebook that you did a whole kind of like time lapse photography, um, moving the stuff out of your mom's place. I did it a year it's, later. Which you know, was I, very artistic, and but I know that you were very grief stricken. Well, it took me a year and a couple things. Um, I, I did like a Facebook detox for like about five years. Um, He's I not on social I media just at kind all. Kind of 
in, in my heart, I loathe it. Um, you don't even have to see Cambridge Analytica to get all in your face about that. Yeah. Um, I kept a, a bit, you know, a business page mm-hmm. and that's about it. And so, um, I got back on and tried to figure out a way that I could have a relationship. So by the time I did this piece with my mother, it took me about a year, um, where I used the last six months of her life and I made this piece. I didn't want to do the Wayback Machine. I just wanted to have the footage that we had of her life because yeah. she came out here because we didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what sparked it. A friend of mine sent me pictures of the ring camera because oh, yeah. at the... Okay. The, what you put on the, the doorbell thing. This is a good one. Okay. okay. And let me see, see if I can spin this quickly. <laughs> We're making a record. We're high as a kite about the record. And you're just ready to go beat the drum, right? You just know you've made the best work of your life. I got this call from my mother. We're very close, best friends. As she calls, she goes, you know, she basically drops it on me that she's had a home invasion. I kid you not, she's in Phoenix. And it's like, what? I'll be there tomorrow. So here she is, Okay. I, I drop everything. I go. We have a home invasion. Oh, and by the way, thank you for coming for the home invasion. We get the ring cameras up so we all feel better about that. That's a whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I have this CAT scan that I, you know, I didn't go get the pictures taken. Oh, okay. You know, sticky note. Mm. We go get the, the CAT scan. And from then on, every possibility when you go to a doctor's office, you know, you always think the worst or there's, oh, well, there's a great explanation. We never got a break. Turns out the CAT scan was a node. Oh, there's a positive explanation. Well, there wasn't. And then that led to this, to that. So every time we went to the the journey, it was like, "Mm, we got the worst news. So from the home invasion to the CAT scan, then she came out to the East End because we had no idea where Mm -hmm. this would end. She spent the summer here, which was just amazing. Yes. I mean, that itself is a book. And here we are, and we think we're working on a record, releasing it. But of course, that's not really what happens. What happens is my mother's here. Right. And then ultimately, we have no concept of what's going on. We were given some timelines. It didn't look good. Everything we heard, well, you don't have much. My mother and I make a trip to Phoenix to just get some things in order. And you know, we're good on a Monday. By Friday, she's on morphine. We're done. Wow. And so it just closes out that way. We had this whole terms of endearment thing we were going to plan here, beaches that we were going to be out here in the East End. We take a trip to Phoenix, and we never come back. And so in That, that the, has to be so traumatic for well, you. Well, you know what? It all happened so fast, it wasn't traumatic because... <laughs> at that moment. No. See, at the time, you're just on adrenaline. So so it starts with the home invasion. We start with the ring cam. This whole story I tell you. Let's say some months later, a really good friend of mine sends screen caps because ring camera captures everything, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it captures the day we removed my mom's body, the day they came to get her. And you and you um, put it to music. Well, what's, I'll what's tell you song? what. I sat on it for a while right. because there's five images. I would have loved to have had the entire ring cam of us coming to Phoenix, but by the time I got that idea for a story, they were deleted, and maybe that's the best. Mm-hmm. But somebody, a friend, was monitoring the camera, had the five shots, right? And I sat on him and I thought, well, this is awesome and crazy, and I couldn't deal with it. But I thought, as the storyteller, who can who can resist right. well, five also, cameras of, of your mother going of, the house the last time? Real pain comes art. Yeah, so. completely. Well, right? So I sat on it. 
and it was from those shots that I was able to take the last six months of footage of her life. I didn't want to go too way back. I wanted to make it present, but I had to incorporate those shots. Yeah. And that's the video you're talking about. But it took me about a year, and then I did put it on social media, which was huge because I tend to loathe that. Um, we're going to take a little break first. Um, on that happy story. I yeah. know. But we'll, we'll come back <laughs> no, and it'll no, be but, all but. puppies and rainbows. I promise. Oh, no, puppies and rainbows. It won't let's really, let's but forget that. No, no, no. What were you going to say? I, so? I just love that story. I, one thing I was just going to say from me and both Bridget and I have lost parents um, is uh, it's a shame that the end of life becomes so prominent in my memory when it's the entire life that you want to celebrate. And so, in a way, the end of life are these um, these events, these cataclysmic events. And so they really seared into my head when my dad passed. And mine too. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry no, for no, no, loss. no, I hear it. No, 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 no it's no, good. But, I hear but, it. But, by the way, I got the Toy Story opportunity five days after he died. He never knew about that. But I know when I was writing it with my then partner, Joel, uh, who lost his father when we were writing it, that that impacted our work. Right. And so I'm, I, that's a side trip, but I, I just mean your mom and you and your relationship with her and the relationship that you have to yourself with that relationship is much bigger than the events of her passing. And well, yet the huge. events of her passing, you have to process just to start feeling other things. And sometimes you have to process well, it did, through storytelling and art. Do we really, because I, here's, I want to say on that too, is she came out here and she was, uh, it's a shame she's not the table. She had a great existential concept. She would come out here and people would say, uh, ask her about being out here and she'd say, I'm here to help. She loved the record, which is crazy because she wasn't a tremendous fan. <laughs> and so she loved the record and people would talk to her and she'd say, I'm here to help give birth to this record, but I don't know what that means. And so we let it go. I mean, you can't process that comment. Yeah. But I do know that what it's starting to mean. And she did. And I totally get what you're saying about through that transition, and that's the best I can say, through that transition, some space opens and some, some things, the gates open up and, and you can quantum leap in a way that you could not see things before. And I do get what you're saying. Well, it's, it's you know, my mom, my mom is still alive. Um, and she always says, in a way, um, the death of a parent is, is, of course, one of the most grief-ridden moments of your life. But it's also somewhat liberating because it changes oh, your storyline. Absolutely. Um, I think it and, is. And so to put a button on this segment, I would just quote uh, Woody Allen. Or, or uh -oh. who, who basically said, and paraphrase Woody Allen, uh, that there's only two conditions in life, either you're terminal or you're miserable, so you should be happy you're miserable. Well, and that's a great, on I'm that. loving that kumbaya. If you're out there listening this beautiful Sunday, let's just pretend it's a beautiful Sunday. We're, be, we're, I love we're, it. we're, we're accessing our inner Jew right now. <laughs> I love it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex. And Sokol. we're talking with Enda Eaton. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant Open for, open for Breakfast and Dinner, BridgehamptonInn.com. And you're listening on 88.3 WPPB-FM, Long Island's only local NPR station. Thought there was a plan, then there was none. You close that door to where you come from. The earth's not flat, but 
Feels that way and I'm driving off today You nod your soul to the passerby Who moves so quick in the yellow line But the road's so clear on the sunny side You feel you have to try Once it was and always was and never was again There is no fear, no pain Forever as it always is and never is again There is no fear, no pain The things we think in a thoughtful way They all get done and they go away But the love you share on a given day It never goes away Once it was and always was and never was again There is no fear, no pain Forever as it always is and never is again There is no fear no pain Once is how it always was and never was again There is no fear No pain Forever as it always is and never is again There is no fear We're back. Sunday's on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alec Suck. In the middle of a, conver- a whirlwind conversation. And Inda's here. In Wayne's world. Wayne's world. Inda's here. Is Inda your birth name? Yes. Okay. Inda, well, wait, what were you just Inda saying? Because I don't want to lose what we were just talking. We were talking about being in the flow. We were about and it was really cool. Flow, and um, here, 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 you know, I'm, I'm learning so much. I have learned. It's like been taking a sip of water through a fire hydrant. Uh, since my mom passed away. And what was crazy for me was the year before, my gra- it's like Inda has two mommies. And what it was was through all this divorce, I had my mother. Sorry, no, it's all right. And and my grandmother. Was I part- remember when that book came out, by the way. Well, it's because Georgia had a kid in school who had two mommies. I love it. Well, yeah. I'm that way in, yeah. a, in a different way. So my mother, and I kid you not, my mom died my mother passed away a year to the day after my grandmother who was like a mother to me who's part of my namesake um and then i it's it was all bracketed by loss and the year before the exact same time i lost my standard poodle so it's like i went from that to my grandmother to my mother all within an exact year's time frame and so i'm a very positive what what day well uh october and uh october what october 6th Okay. So it just goes like this. And so I'm a positive person. I create. I, I am can do. I roll out of bed. I can't wait to get out of the morning. But there's something about loss that no matter what your faith practice is and how you're positive, man, it does give you some shock. You're in shock. You know what I think one of the things is, is that we... Th- we're, we're very hard on ourselves when it comes to grief and loss. And I think that one of the things that we do is that we expect to get over things and you'd never get over grief. My, my theory is that grief becomes like a, a golden thread that we weave through the fabric of our net and it, it becomes part of our net. Ultimately, and, 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 it, and ultimately, it deepens us. and ultimately, and this goes to the paradox of 
of existence, um, it's a gift. Yes. It's a, it's a complete gift uh, to, to go through grief. Because it because, means you've loved. Well not, well, not only what you have done, but it gives you an appreciation for the only thing that is real, which is the present world you live in. Well, can I was also add to that, and there's a great book on that called Death Benefits. There's a, uh, I think this too, when you go through all this loss, beyond everything you just said, which is all true, my favorite part about it is it really brings down the barriers in that so much of our life, you know, you were talking about our stories. Well, we're not really our stories. We're just these genuine human beings. And when you go through a loss, all of a sudden, it doesn't really matter. There's no pretense. So there's no pretense in loss. And when you get to that language of I've lost this person, that person, all of a sudden, the community around you, everybody just drops it. Mm-hmm. It is, you want to talk about authenticity? It's the gateway to authenticity. And that is the beautiful part. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what you're wearing, what your story is, what it is. People, they give you the shirt off their back, which they would have beforehand. But when that happens, everybody just goes, oh. And they say things I like, I love you, and you just accept. There is no pretense. And that is my favorite That's benefit. I love you, and you get it, and there is no more pretense. And Can I, I ask love you it. another question? That it, it, oh, and, lay it on. Uh, it. Which is just, uh, Jane Martin did that mo- uh, short film, What, mm, is, what love, is Love, which, which she's doing as um, a series, and you're in it. Mm. And you, look, you, you talk about what love is, but you look like you would just finish crying. Well, to be truthful, I just had my appendix out there. Oh, <laughs> and, and 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 you had just cut an onion. Uh, oh. You cut an onion. Oh, I didn't know. I was uh, like, why does Inda look so sad? Because she just got her appendix out, uh, and appendix. Jane and I Jane like couldn't say appendix, and she couldn't change out. the uh, filming date. No. And it was one of those things like, okay. hey, probably not even legal to drive, but I'll get on over to the house and do what I can <laughs> yeah, you're to, like, to say my part. But it, I wasn't even legal to drive. Let's just say. Right. And, okay. I think that's what killed Steve Irwin, right? Oh. Just the fact that cameras were on, and it was no, like, let's get that one. Last shot. No, let's get that one last shot. And, and then the, re- the but he. I could do a whole was, show on him too. That 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 wait, touched Steve me. Would, but, the crocodile. The there was no, the, the stingray. Where the whatever. One more shot. But no. But 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 my point being that <laughs> this is a man who had spent his whole life understanding the, the nature of animals. But yeah. when the cameras were on, he he let it slip. And yep. that's what ultimately. Well, I knew it was a bad idea. And here's the thing about our neighborhood in Springs is we're all close enough. I was really cutting it. But you know how we're all doing the creatives, shoestring, bootstrapping our situation. Right, right. She, I have no idea what that's like. No, I know no. you don't. <laughs> what do you mean? The money's just rolling in at, at the Independent is, for being a journalist. As it is over at our studios. Yes. Thank you so much. And Jane's. And, and so we had yeah. the great lenses. We had the lighting. And it was one of those things, can you come over at 11? It's like, mm, uh Kinda, and it's. <laughs> do you have trouble saying no to people, Linda? Do you know what? Actually, I'm much better at saying no. Uh, actually, I'm. I have a great boundary about no. I have to say though, nothing gets my heart more than we have these cameras. This is my love project. I'm trying to, you know, show my peace. I'm trying to tell truth. I'm trying to show love. Nothing gets my heart more than a creative project. And so, yeah, I went, I ambled down the street and um, <laughs> ambled and well, limped well, <laughs> holding your side. However it was, they right. propped me up and I was in, the, I was in that. But that, I think that's the one thing it's hard for me to say no, because I, I so understand people's love child. And it also yeah. speaks a little bit to our current insurance situation in the world where you would have your appendix out and not be uh, forced to stay in the hospital for a couple of days and just rest. That they basically, all right, you go. 
Well, I know. I, you know, I'd love to say that I probably would have stayed, but I'm that kind of belligerent person where I'd say, oh, you should have stayed. I'd have been like, I'm out of here now. Right, right. Yeah. Get me out of I here. I give good counsel. Oh, you should peace out. You should <laughs> meditate. I'm probably ripping out the things going, no. <laughs> always moving. Always on I know. the run. And, Shelter in place. Right. And while I have like kind, nurturing comments for others, I'm the one that wants out. Yeah, we're, we're tough on it. I, yeah. I, I pulled many Tough on ourselves. And you yeah. know, that's a part about this grief thing. And a nice life hack that I have learned in this process, which is I had no idea how tough I am on myself and how that's not really helping the creative projects. Right. And now somebody could tell you that and they could give you that in the car and they could hug you and go. All right. And, and, how, and then when how, you how get many, that. How many kids do you have? See, I don't. I'm an aunt. Oh, right. how a, many how many children do you mentor? Oh yeah, Wyoming. Oh, I do. You're, you're, I, yeah, yeah, I do a lot because we have a education right. project. Well, well, and, what is it and, called? And ideas to inspire, and of and course, I, I yeah. I'm sorry. What is it called? Ideas to inspire. And does it have a website? Just yes, ideas to inspire dot org. Okay. On I, this beautiful I, Sunday. I I mentioned that only because one of the great lessons that was given to me is to treat yourself as kindly as you would treat a child that you're mentoring. And, and it's a neat, it, you know, that's a great visual. And of course, we go to therapy and we see little Inda and little Alec and little, little, um, little Bridget. Oh, Bridget, little, my name is Bridget. Oh, little little Kyle, Alec is actually Kyle. my rapper name. Well, <laughs> no, Bridget. Mega Baby. Mega Yo, Baby, that's it, baby. Little way, Inder. My new corporation, baby, baby. Mega Baby Incorporated. I just yeah, got the paperwork really? this week. I so. love it. Yeah. Little Alec, rap name, little Bridge. Yeah. Mine's <laughs> little Inder B, little Inder, <laughs> little Inder, Inder Dinder. And, yeah. and so, of course, and I can see that, but I don't think it's not until this last year where I really, I feel like I'm telling people like I'm like the Shawshank Redemption. I'm that person that came out of the sewer that just started yeah. scooping the little things out of the spoon of the dirt, finally made the big break through the sewer. They're putting their hand up, but it was not. Here's the irony of I'm that I'm going to do some energy work on you, by Thank the you. way. <laughs> here's the hack, which is so contradictory. Yes, we give that advice to people. Be kind to that little Inda, little Alec, little Bridge. And we don't do it ourselves. But what I, I did the hack, where I actually had to start doing that um, for so many reasons. And, you know, it really works. Yeah. But how about that? Kindness. That's a hack. But And I would preach that to somebody. But that concept of kindness, I, I had no idea what self, low self-esteem I had. I had no concept. Like, I had to Most read. people don't. You I, don't. I, I, and, and, and not to be a oh, mo Monday morning therapist, yeah. but when your uh, biological parents divorced, when that their marriage ended, were you conscious of that? Or did mm. that happen before? Oh, of course. And they had... Um, that's a whole book to write. They had two. They had two marriages and two divorces, um, so that's frying pan fire fodder right there. And then uh, my mother did one of these um, right out of a movie. Uh, moved. Uh, I did a like a went on a date for a weekend, and then we moved to the desert. I never even met this guy. We did a sight unseen thing wow. to meet the man of her dreams, and of course that's another like you know story. Yeah. And he was you know kind of sociopathological on its own. And so that in itself is a book. Right. But you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know that. You're just in yeah. the movie. Right. You right. Know, but but, but I, I mentioned it because for any other reason, and this isn't to like psychoanalyze. Oh, hell, you. let's do no, it. No, 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 no. But, but it's because it. I think that what happens with a lot of kids is they, they ultimately, when, when there's a lot of stuff going on in the household, yeah. um, they don't have a voice organically because they're afraid of 
something if I if I do X, Y is going to happen. Well, and I, there's two different ways I think. I mean, there's probably many, many more because I'm not a psychoanalyst or anything. But I do know that my husband and I both come from divorce backgrounds. We both did different things, which is he became the invisible child. Right. He shut down right. as long as I'm in the corner. No one's going to bother me. No one's going to you know ask anything of me. That's Eric, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and I became the look at me, look at me. I'll make a joke and everybody will laugh and yep. it'll be funny. And, you know, so I became the performer. Um, so there's those two things that doesn't it, it doesn't take into account any work you do later on in no, therapy. And, and, but you also are kind of but the I think that the roles, well, What the did roles, you become? Now that no, 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 no. Well, but I think yeah. the roles that we're rewarded for when we're four, five, and six years old uh, tend to be the roles we play uh, uh, for most of our lives. The pat on the head that came at that moment, either by being the clown or being or invisible. Being, I don't invisible, want a pat you know, on the head. And so, uh, you know yeah. what? I, uh, I, I, I'm a pleaser, and, and my parents were married their entire my entire life, uh, but I the role that I found I got rewarded for was getting the pat on the head for pleasing. And me and, too. That's why you know. We're and, and and of course, and I read this last year. I'd never read it before, but I read the Alice Miller about the you know the drama of the gifted child, and the whole construct is just like what we're saying, which is. Um, because you are so vulnerable, you learn to be indispensable. You learn to keep the class clown going. You learn to be that person. Um, or you become the caretaker and you take care of the I little kids. I think I did it all. Or, yeah, I yeah. was the kid with the record player, with the headset, mm-hmm. and the guitar and the piano, and the family lawyer, consigliere, um, <laughs> counselor. And so right. that- Peacemaker. Right, and of course, as you go back, you realize that those are your gifts. You gotta make peace with that. Those, and, and the truth is I'm doing the same thing today. I'm just a little more aware of it. And I and you asked about boundaries. I have better and, boundaries. And, and, <laughs> well, and, you and then also, on, yeah. you're going to work on that. And, and also, hopefully, and I'm not being funny when I say this, you're monetizing it. You're actually turning it into your expressions. And it's your, so you, because I, I do believe this in storytelling, going back to storytelling, um, no matter what happens to you when, you, when you use it to tell a story, it, you control it. It doesn't control you. So right. I love it. And, you know, I've I've I didn't start seeing I think also in art. OK, in storytelling, we're on that. It didn't hit me until this last period of reflection, which, again, when you have this massive loss, you're never the same. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It's just you're never the same. You're almost better because right. you can see things you could not see. I think when you believe things you necessarily oh, your, didn't your believe heart before. opens something that I didn't get before really was that our art. The, our heart and our art are so far ahead of where we are with our head, our mental. Right. I didn't see that really. But it's like a project. It's like an oh, astral projection. We are so we far ahead. So it's I so look true. back on the the music, the shows, the work, the stories. It is so. It is light years. Okay. It's it it's like Buddha. Okay. But yet there's me back well, the, here with the narrator, my head. The narrator. I'm head up. Right. And I sometimes sit there and go, God, it was all there. And it's but I fascinating how the art why, is so far ahead of us. I think right. that's why the meditations that work, where like nam myoho renge kyo, nam myoho renge kyo, or we're in, in TM where you're given a mantra or something, because what it's doing is it's distracting your narrator so that your heart and your, you know, your pineal gland and all of those other things can can bond with, what, with whatever, I know I sound like a total kook, but with whatever energy is out there. I always think of it like my, my head is going to just get me in trouble. It's, it's, it's full of like dark alleys. I'm going to get mugged in right, those but dark there, alleys. But there's that wonderful expression that we're all a mind, body, and soul, and only one of them tells a lie. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's a good one, Sock. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, oh damn. He oh, got snap. It. I don't know if hey, you just tuned into one. this, but Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Goodbye. Little Alec. Boom. <laughs> no, Kyle's like, don't drop the mic. He's holding them together with duct tape right well, you now. Know, okay, so now I want to I wanna even weave that into a tap dancing uh, yeah. promotion. So we're, I am doing the show at the Bay Street on the 7th. And so on March 7th. March 7th. So that would be a week from this Sunday. Right, right, right. Um, and so... Here we are, and we have this music, right? And the music tells its story. I look at an album, which nobody makes anymore. Those are 11 songs. Those are 11 short stories. They're part of, to me, I see it as a book. Yeah. I see it as a movie. And we have 11 short stories. And really, for, as a musician, most of our time is spent, let's say, in music clubs or places where they do music. So we don't have, and also me as a narrator, as a storyteller, we don't have usually the next level of three-dimensional constructs to even take them. So right. meaning, I don't usually have visual imagery at a club. I don't have the gift of stagecraft. I don't get to manipulate through other ways. It's usually me as a storyteller and what right. we've got going as either the orchestration, be it the full band, be it a small band. What is it at Bay Street? Is oh, it's it's a big-ass tent show. Oh, cool. And, and that's really got me thinking. March, talk, March 7th. March 7th. Sunday, what, what time is the uh, So. It's going to be Saturday, March 7th. The show is at 8 p.m. And you can get tickets at Bay Street, the yeah, uh, yeah. .org. So we're doing this show. And I'm so loving. And we, and we do a Bay Street every now and again, a couple of years. And I, we, they're, big, they're big endeavors because we're not really in the theater business. Right. And it, it, to me, I give the example of we're not a chain restaurant with the theater part. Right. And what's your lineup? like? Oh, we're going to have... Um, out here, we're going to use the rhythm section. I love to work with Mike Guglielmo, uh, just an elite drummer in a bucking bronco costume. Just a great <laughs> drummer, all heart. Yeah. Um, Jeff Marshall, uh, bass player. And he's, you know, typically he's a fusion bass player, but he really doesn't play a lot of notes in this. We have a lot of open sky. Mm -hmm. We're going to combine them up with the vocals of Lee Lawler. Oh, I love Her daughter Rose, yeah. Karen Lawler. Um and then, of course, Nancy Atlas is going to make an appearance. So that makes a very fat oh, and vocal. Oh, she's back? Well, she's, she's still in Ecuador. Well, she's in Ecuador, as you speak, and she's going to slip into town before she, she came back early for the show. Oh, right. So God. very that, sweet. I want to okay. talk about that. Well, That's I want to talk about that. And then it matches yeah. up with the people that I do a lot of work with. I call them my mobile touring unit. They're coming in. Jeffrey Smith. <clears throat> he lives in Milwaukee. Uh, percussionist. Just a phenomenal percussionist. It, I, there's no words. Uh... He's even made drums for the show. He's he's making cajones lately. He plays a lot of cajones. Yeah. Cajones. Yep, we can okay. talk about that. <laughs> I was like, cajones? Is it Dirty George we're talking about? No, no. Ugly George. Ugly George. We're okay, no. About. Reverse Cowboy? What? <laughs> you really like that. You're going to tell me cowboy. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Got, well, I want to know, know about the reverse cowboy. Let's, let's put a sticky is. note on the... I can't quit you. <laughs> we're going to have to put a sticky note on that. And then... <laughs> Just so we don't get stuck on the reverse cowboy, because that'll end us all. Oh yes, B, Mexican who's on haircut. his way out. Sorry, go <laughs> You're ahead. You're killing me. I'm gonna have to. 
And I've got B, the guitar. Oh. Who's playing the rusty trombone? That's what oh I want to know. Oh, for God's sake. Cut that. No, don't. No, don't. Okay. B's coming out from Phoenix. In fact, he's in transit right now. Uh, such a phenomenal guitar player. He also sings. So that's like four vocalists. Wow, that's amazing. It's like Santana for a rhythm section. Wow. On top of imagery, Kate Muth from the Neopolitical Cowgirls. She's directing. Yeah. So we've oh, got wow. imagery. So it's a show. Oh, it's a show. It's a show. It's Otherwise, not, it's why not, would we go there? Well, I mean, because I, why would I we, love why seeing would we go? you and Nancy going back to Nancy because right. we've had her on the show. Right, right, right. I love when you and Nancy do your your, your stick together. Mm-hmm. I love that you and Nancy are such good friends because we need friends when we're not we do. performing. We do. And, and much and like your friendship, much much business. like what I walked in here today, your friendship. We have that friendship where it's it's encouraging, it's bouncing ideas, it's it's oh, we rabbit don't have a friendship holes. like that. <laughs> No, well, when I, I walked I into, just, I just uh, I hate Bridget into that. less than most people. He, I didn't feel that when I walked in. I didn't get that vibe. No, I walked into like I was watching a TV show. It was great, yeah. and that's what Nancy and I have. That's a compliment, Bridge. That that speaks to my oh, loathing. Hate, oh, I thought you meant you hated me less than other people hate me. No, you no. mean you hate me less than you hate other people? Basically. Oh, th- thanks, buddy. Yeah, okay, there you go. we need it. those. Re- we need but, those. We need those creative friendships too. And and sometimes right. there's I, like. I, 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 I'm okay. sorry, but well, prag- pragmatic thing. How how are you compensating all of these people? And how are you actually pulling this off? Bay Street, Bay Street is a you know modest, beautiful but modest theater. It is. This is going to be. Look, there's ticket sales. This is going to be a break-even proposition. It's a one-off. That's a great question because yeah, there weren't times. I'll tell you what. If I'd if I'd have known what the show was, let's say a year out, oh, we could have been banging on the doors for grants and sponsors and this and that. Uh, But like all art projects, it just came together. Yeah. And I think, and that's something Nance and I talk about, and I can only imagine you guys talk about. You know, we're all in a way like blackjack addicts it's like never again we're never gonna go down that path we will always plan ahead and have right. all the money secured we're gonna have all the fun we are never gonna put Kinda something like on a this credit show, card right <laughs> we are never gonna prospect ever again yeah. and of course the next day it's like oh kate muth's available oh yeah. we should get some Be- photography so, so, right, uh, right. Be- beethoven when when he um put out the ninth uh, Put out when he dropped the ninth. No, well, here's the thing. It took him five years to actually kind of uh, incubate it and make it. And during those five years, he was involved in a family custody thing with his nephew. He was in his late 40s, early 50s. He puts it out he, he, in, in Austrian Vienna. And it's really about he needs the money. And uh, the initial performance, he couldn't get the best musicians. He got a bunch of amateur musicians. It was a profound piece not at the moment it actually got pretty mixed reviews um and then he had to put and then he did a performance about a month later because he needed to make more money on it and so i'm always struck by what you're saying which is when you create art you're hopefully creating something that's going to be timeless and that the value of it will go through time but when you're actually living and you're actually doing something it is cash flow it's uh, being an artist is well you bring up a great question and i tell you that's a great oh door open to saying this we all help each other so Nancy and I, we were over with a Neopoliticals function in June, and it was beautiful because we could add what we could add, and we're walking around, and we're part of that. So Kate's helping us out. You gotta figure out that Lee and Rose 
look, they could they could right. sing the phone book, yeah. and we'd come here. Well, when when I can go help them and sing and and be part of their shows, I do that. That's that's what's going right. on here. We and we've got Mike Maz is doing sound. He's the sound engineer at the Talk House. So it's like the Talk House is in a way represented. You know, Kate does a lot of work at Guildhall. Of course, there's and Bay she does Street, the girl band. Of thing. course, community. and so community, that's East it. And community. A lot of yeah, concentric absolutely. circles. I've got ten shows to give on this one evening that we're talking about. But something that is great. ten shows. Well, I do. I have ten shows of material. The the hard here's what's really going on. I told you the story about my mother. The record. Yeah. We really didn't do a lot of baby showers for this. It was always our intention to put something together visually for this album. And we ended up making a music video uh, from one of the songs, That's Free. Right. Wait, wait, which? Free. Okay. The song Free, right. So we did. And we started this. And the, the guy that did the photography, his name's Mike Lavin, and he's over to LTV. So again, all these community... Helping each other. I mean, it's so many concentric supports. circles. Yeah. Okay. And Ellen Watson, great photographer, Ellie, yeah, I love who, her. who shot our album, she recommended Mike to Anne Marie, my wife, who did the who did a lot of programs for Anna Mirabai Lytton Foundation. They did stories mm. for the Eleanor Whitmore Center. So there became an aesthetic that we loved. Mike Lavin shot the video. And so we've got footage from Wyoming. We've got footage from out here. So it's kind of an East meets West. So we're using the it's, evening. It's, it's really a, a mirror to your life. It right? is. And so the evening now, then we wrote the show around that because it's starting to be like, you know, Libby's audition and waiting for Guffman where it's like, oh, yeah, wait, wait, there's a laugh support. So, oh, oh, sorry. End scene. There's a, oh, wait. And so I had to sit there. Oh, and what I mean is I've got like 10 shows in my head. I'm like, oh, God, it'll be just like right before the video. I'm like, oh, hey, hold on. That's Wyoming. There's a bunch of horses. So. I had to just take a breath yeah. and write the show well, what do you do? You for know. the video. Uh, because if you play a video in the middle of a show or towards the end of it, it can go well or it can go like Libby's audition from Guffman. Well, what are you hoping is going to happen with this? Well, do you I'll hope tell it goes you viral? Gonna, it's a great question. And it talks about how we can, how we can maybe uh, recoup some of everything we've put in there. The video is great. And I, yeah, of course, That's what Joanna, all, we, Joanna told me that we'd love it to be viral. Yeah, and I don't think I've asked everybody when they watch the video, what product do you see? Nobody can really name one. It's to me, it's a piece of America. I don't want it to be to a political name. I I would mm-hmm. love to sell out to a truck company or a jeans company. We could sell trucks or jeans. Okay. Um, well, we're going to play that song. We at the need end to of this, find so. a truck company that doesn't hate the gays. We need to find a jeans company that loves women. You know, I yeah. can't find too many. Especially time. women gays. Honey, it's not even about that. I just can't find too many obvious time bombs in their history. As long as I have a 10 year history of loving on people, we'll sell out to them. Okay, cool. Well, Rider trucks. Out. What? It's in the name. What is? Rider trucks. Rider trucks. Whatever. <laughs> Dirty George or Big George? What was it? <laughs> ugly, ugly George. George. Ugly George. Ugly George, yeah. So let's, um, let's, when, how long have you been married? Uh, we got married in 2011. And how long have you known your wife? Since, we've known each other since 1996 and we've been together since 2003. And she's in New York City? She's a New Yorker. She so was born in the same. Yeah, pretty yeah. much in the end. I was drawn here through music, um, but ultimately they say home is where the heart is. That's why. Yeah. And as a kid, if somebody would have told me that, I'd have been like, that is the craziest crap I have ever heard what, in my that life. What, home is where the heart is? Yeah, right? that so sounds that's crazy. Why you're on the run. I mean, doesn't that right. sound crazy yeah, if somebody well. says that to you as a kid? But then one day you click your heels and you're like, I am, I am so content. I am 
well, I don't want to say content. Nobody's ever content. I strike that from the record. Content is a crappy word. I am just so in love. I'm so here and I'm open to whatever adventure this is. And then that's a different door. Right. That's the only reason because I'm not an East Coast person. Our people didn't come off the Mayflower. You're telling me you're sitting here wearing a shirt with like cowgirls all over it. It's got two things. got the boots. No, no, no. Oh, what is it? This is symbolic. It's got the West and the surfboard oh it's the horse and the surfboard and it reminds me that I'm, it's not I'm, a horse on a surfboard people don't don't try this at home it's the lyle lovett kind of if i had a boat on a pony on an ocean i, I i'm both song. ways i'm 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 an, a westerner but i do live here on the ocean that's so great east meets west that's have, cool do you cover have you covered any songs? oh i loved it. in fact i say that's one of my favorite lyle lovett songs if i had a boat and i love that record pontiac because it's yeah, got that too. song about the new jersey lady um marrying the cowboy uh, sing me a melody, sing me a yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember it Walk right through now. the bottomlands without no shoes. And it's this whole cowboy, cowgirl, uh, East Coast, West Coast ah, thing. That's so great. Well, I feel like that's know, my life. We're kind of like right. wrapping and, up and, now. And, How can we wrap up? We've got till 6 p.m. No, 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 and wait, wait. I I wanna, well, we're not wrapping up just yet. So Anne-Marie, does she like the West Coast? Does she like Wyoming? She loves it. She's she's very, she's drawn to it. But it's it's comical in that when she's in the West, I clearly tell, I can clearly tell that that's my New York my New York woman. It's like, wow, she's really, and I have to almost <laughs> soften. I, well, I have to soften some things. But that, but that actually goes to, and I'll go, we were talking about this before. I think people from New York are much more provincial and have a bigger issue with California than Californians have with New York. Just, I, I feel like the something about the makeup of New Yorkers. We're more judgy. It's a bit different. And in fact, sometimes we all affectionately say, uh, you know, Anne-Marie of New York, because there are <laughs> things that have, uh, that, that happen in the West that I have to soften sometimes. I remember one time she went out, we were having a festival, my brother, everybody's got a, a brother, okay. <laughs> quotes, takes her out, they're gonna get groceries, but they're late and I call, I think there was a cell phone, I said, you know, where are you guys? We're about to go to the festival and she said, oh, well, we're at the um, Alibi Liquors and Lounge, he's, you know, introducing me to people, we're playing pool. And it's like, Okay, uh, and that's fine because that's a timeline. They're on native time. They're playing pool, right. and I can just see Anne Marie of New York, and they probably had to dust off something that she might even drink because I'm sure nothing there. You know she's going right. to hear this, right? I, I, she will. You're going to be in the. She knows exactly when she was loving it in a way, but right. she's and they're she's Anne Marie of New York, and I can yeah. just and I'm thinking, oh my god, of course you went for groceries, and now you're playing pool at Alibi Liquor and Lounge. That's exactly what you would do. You're meeting homesteaders, and they want to know all about you, and, and we, she wants to know about them probably. She does, but she's she's. New York okay right. so she's she's part of it but there's a way I have to soften it and go honey right. they're homesteaders they don't mean any ill will they just have never met somebody from New York right, right. so she got a little Teddy Roosevelt in her a bit <laughs> a bit and so we always call the people that come out and and we've I always try to bring them out I always call them the New York delegation we brought Nancy out. I think yeah. Joanne Pilgrim we had out. We had and we've had Amory out. Can I come out? Yes, I would really love it, that. It's almost like a Knowles I've course. Been to, I've been to Cheyenne, but it's not like coming out where okay. we we could do like people send people to Patagonia. I'll bring you to Casper. Okay. And, uh, oh, Casper. Why? I'm now addicted to the show The Good Doctor. And oh, he's right. From Casper. Well, Wyoming. there you go. Yeah. And so I feel like we could do Patagonia tours to Wyoming. Absolutely. And one of my favorite. What Nancy's been out several times, and she really has just melted in. They love her there. She's like a second cousin over there. Yeah. Well, so. oh my gosh. I mean, we literally could just talk all day. Why are we not I, here till 6 p.m.? I'm so sorry. I don't even it know what we've Kyle. talked about. It's, we, we want to make this show What did we talk minutes. about? I feel like we didn't really... Talked we talked about, about everything. The entirety I'm not done with humanity. you people. You no, guys... We're just I walked... Started. 
We're just getting started. <laughs> no, we'll have to have you back on. We'll have you and Nancy back on. Oh, right. we'll need the okay. six o'clock. Um, and so what's the, in, just in closing, uh, the difference between a frontier and a horizon? Not much. Yeah. I think you never reach a horizon and a frontier is something you can break through. Which is maybe the West Coast. See, I don't, I want to just throw it back to you. I don't think there's much difference. Not much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Alec, take us out. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, and uh, have a great first week of March. Uh, Beautiful day. You know, last yeah. year, March uh, was a cold month. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's hope that we have a nice month and a uh, good week, everybody. Um, Hug your children, hug your partners, uh, and love your and parents. Love, love, your love, parents. love, love, and kindness. That's really uh, what I'm chewing on right now. And uh, everybody, be well and stay well. Bye.